Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Hello, filthy humans. Drew here, the creator of Human Begone. We have some exciting news for you. Season 1.5 of Human Begone is coming in the next few weeks. It's a series of four mini-episodes that we think you will find very educational. But in the meantime, here is a really funny show that is just perfect for your summer listening enjoyment. It's called Summer Camp, The Case of the Phantom Pooper. It's a hilarious true crime show based on the true story of a series of mysterious poops that kept showing up at a Canadian summer camp. It features authentic audio and interviews with campers and counselors who were there that fateful summer. And it has music by Matt McGinley, who also scored Serial, S-Town, and This American Life. But enough of my human chittering. Here is episode one of Summer Camp, The Case of the Phantom Pooper. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. Sonar! There I was, minding my own business, about to ring the bell for breakfast. I was still rubbing the sleep from my eyes, when my senses were assaulted, I startled awake. Flies buzzed all around me. My foot landed on something squishy. The smell hit my nose and I gagged. Then I saw it. I was confused and disturbed. The moment I laid my eyes on it, I thought, was this a turd of a, of a great moose? I encouraged him to do it. <laughs> you did. I was with him while he did it. No, you I weren't. kept guard. Please leave your message after the tone. After leaving a message, you can hang up or press pound for more options. Wait, why are you showing me this? I don't want to see that. You do. <laughs> oh! Look at the size of that log. <laughs> Welcome to Summer Camp. Chapter 1. S-Camp. I'm Mookie, and that's the sound of my old 1979 GMC RV, affectionately named Lily, firing up to take me deep into the great Canadian shield. My destination? Summer camp. It was mid-June. I just left my 9-to-5 behind and found myself en route to direct the Leaders in Training program. The city faded into the rearview mirror as I cruised up to camp with Lily's windows rolled down, music turned up. No work, RV living, a summer at camp, what could be better? Camp consists of a few different sites. Girls camp, boys camp, junior camp, and Northwoods. 
Each site has its own lodge, activity centers, rustic cabins, and pristine slice of waterfront. Camp also runs a retreat center in the shoulder seasons. The summer begins with staff training in June, followed by the arrival of campers in July. The LITs participate in staff training, then canoe across the lake to Northwoods for leadership seminars and a canoe trip before returning to be placed in cabins with campers. I had assembled a staff team of 10 counselors and an assistant to help me wrangle the 53 16-year-olds in the LIT program. And that's camp in a nutshell. Back to that fateful morning. I made a grisly discovery at the boys' camp bell. Two guys from my staff team, Kobe and Dragon, had just finished setting the tables in the lodge. I waved them down. Yeah, I just remember you calling us down from the lodge, and you had a very, you were very somber. And we all stood at the bottom of the stairs, and we looked at him, and he looked back at us, and he said, when you see it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it probably took, it didn't take too long, but... Took a few seconds for sure. But it's very accurate. Once you saw it, you could you Once cannot, you saw it, though. You cannot unsee that. Huge, yeah. Huge turd. The moment I laid my eyes on it, I thought, well, first of all, it was it was apparent that it was a turd. There's no mistaking that. But I, I thought immediately, was this a turd of a of a great moose? But once we looked a little bit closer and examined it. And smelt it. Touched and it. smelt it. it. It seemed to be that of a human. Especially, I believe that we saw some red peppers in there. And um, I don't think red peppers are a regular item on a moose's or a bear's diet. I'm saying I'm saying the circumference, that of a pop can. Your regular 355 milliliter pop can. I'm saying a Red Bull. But there was two. Oh, well, one person had a low fiber diet and the other had a extremely high fiber diet. It was uh, pretty much liquid. The source of my horror was a giant turd shamelessly plopped on the boys' camp bell stand. An accompanying splatter of diarrhea added insult to injury. Boys' camp procured this bell after years of being ridiculed for its pathetic dinner bell. The old bell sounded like a marble rattling around in a tin can, especially compared to the majestic and crisp resonance of the girls' camp bell. When boys' camp imported this bell from a 1900 schoolhouse, it was a big deal. Finally, we had a bell that could compete across camp. Who would desecrate our sacred monument? Hungry staff would soon be arriving for breakfast. We needed to clean up this crime scene pronto. If I recall correctly, you asked me to pick it up, and I said, uh, hey, I was I was like, well, I don't want to pick it up. How about you pick it up? And you're like, well, <laughs> you're like, fine. I mean, I'll, like, I guess I'll pick it up then if you're not going to. And uh, you made me feel guilty for not taking the sacrifice and being a servant with a servant heart. So, so yeah, I mean, I looked around, uh, browsed the surroundings for maybe a thick leaf. I only found one maybe the size of, oof, maybe three quarters of the size of my palm. So it was really risky business. Yeah, I managed to find a leaf that, that could kind of do the work and uh, picked up that turd and chucked it into the nearby stream, which also had uh, some toilet paper. One down, one to go. The diarrhea posed a greater challenge. Yeah, I think a stick to kind of get away enough that kids wouldn't kind of recognize immediately that was poo at that point just looked dirty. We got some buckets of water, that's for sure, at one point. we got buckets of water and a toilet brush, maybe. 
<laughs> yeah. uh, we did a bit of scrubbing and then a splash and a scrub and a splash and uh, yeah. but it was also it was kind of the one person was had some poor aim and uh, got it kind of around the base of the uh, the bell See, you had to kind of watch out where you were stepping that's for sure you guys know I did step in it correct oh you did did you eh yeah how do you uh, did you take that to the washroom and deal with that were you wearing my shoe shoes that was easy to uh, clean off or was there maybe deep grooves that made it difficult no I was barefoot you were not barefoot (laughs) no I wasn't (laughs) I go barefoot nowhere yeah no I think what did I do I mean, I think I just wore them outside and scrubbed them and scrubbed them and scrubbed them, like on the grass mostly. Yeah. It was just, I'd just like to highlight once again the, the remarkable, remarkable size of that that load. I mean, like nothing I've ever seen before. That's for sure. Unprecedented. Yeah. It was such a huge log. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm. we're wondering, like, did they maybe save it for a few days? Um, Do you think that works? Like, was it planned or did they just get super lucky? With like, just great timing. You're right. You know? And 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 then the other thing is, I mean, it had to happen in the middle of the night. So, like, can you? I don't know whether how you guys, you know, how your cycles work and everything like that. But I don't know if I can just wake myself up at two thirty or three in the morning and just go and take a dump. You know, I mean, it's just not really how I operate. After Kobe and Dragon's crash course in waste management, I plugged my nose and rang the bell for breakfast the foul odor still hanging heavy. As I sat in the lodge and ate my scrambled eggs on cold toast, I tried to make sense of the morning's discovery. Who had done this and why? After breakfast, I visited the maintenance yard to gather some industrial strength cleaning products to properly sanitize the bell stand and hopefully eliminate that lingering stench. While I looked for a jug of bleach, I remembered another unusual event from the night before. Around 11, after lights out, I had been on my way back to Lily. I spun around and ran towards the source of the fireworks, hoping to catch the hooligans in the act. When I arrived on scene, I only found smoking casings and the smell of sulfur. The sky was dark and the cabins were quiet the pyromaniacs had escaped. First fireworks around 11, then the poos on the bell later in the night? Huh. The facilities guy, Paul, interrupted my thoughts as I rummaged for disinfectants. I told him about the present I'd stepped in that morning. To my surprise, he was dealing with a parallel mess at junior camp. Someone had claimed the feminine product disposal box in the junior camp lodge bathroom as a urinal. The box was filled to the brim with piss. The moment Paul said junior camp, my heart sank. I had a flashback to the May long weekend. This morning's encounter with a rogue deuce was not the first of the year. Oh no. I remembered the LIT kickoff retreat on the May long weekend, the first time my staff and campers met. We were staying at the junior camp site. It was the Sunday of the May long weekend and uh, all the kids were leaving and all us small group leaders were sitting on the porch and just talking about how, how great of a group we had and how we just thought it was gonna be a great summer. Um, seemed like, yeah, just a bunch of solid kids. And the uh, maintenance dude, uh, Sunshine, I believe, 
rolls up and tells us that there's been a, an incident in one of the washrooms. There was um, a big uh, a big poop uh, in the corner of the washroom. Certainly, it was an act of vandalism. Uh, that is beyond beyond doubt. If you just think about it logically, there's just no way for that to be an accident. I don't know about you two, but have you ever missed a toilet while you were going to the washroom by about four feet? It, it takes it would take something special. So yeah, we think they may have managed to kind of stand on part of the toilet, maybe um, boost themselves up a little bit and drop one from maybe a bit of a height. But yeah, it was right in the corner and it was clearly a prank. I feared Kobe could be right. What was going on here? Who was pulling these poo pranks? And what might they do next? The next morning, I found out. I was walking to Camp Director Ace's house for a staff meeting. Without warning, my feet flew out from under me and I was suddenly staring at the sky. My body hurtled through the air in what felt like slow motion. My cat-like reflexes engaged and after twisting around, I landed in a push-up position. A giant pile of smushed dung was inches from my face. The third turd. I fought to keep my breakfast down as I jumped back to my feet. Ugh! Half of this excrement was mashed into the grass. The other half was stomped deep into the tread of my new vans. I was mad. This was the third full turd dropped in a third location on a third occasion. I recalled a quote from Sir Ian Fleming. Once is happenstance, twice is coincidence, the third time's a pattern. I ditched my shoes on the porch and went into the meeting. I couldn't concentrate on anything Director Ace was saying about the new opening day lice check protocols. Ugh, if these poops were a pattern, I was in for a really crappy summer. The moment the meeting was over, I made a swift exit. Boys Camp Director Scuba asked me why I wasn't sticking around for one of Director Ace's famous cappuccinos. I told him I needed to make a call. Please leave your message after the tone. After leaving a message, you can hang up or press pound for more options. Hey Wallaby, it's Mookie calling. Wondering if uh, you can give me a call back. I have some info that I would love to share with you. I need a couple of insights. Um, this could be big. Call me back. Bye. Back in the day, Wallaby and I were counselors together. He had a bit of a reputation as a prankster. Maybe he had some insights that could help me figure out what I could be dealing with. I was responsible for the well-being of my staff and LITs. As a first-time director, I didn't want anything to detract from their experience. My time as an LIT had been so formative that I wanted to make sure we all had a spectacular summer. Groundbreaking moment for nuclear... And what the Prime Minister knew... Are you tired of the same old news stories? Well, look no further than Keep Canada Weird, a podcast that explores the most bizarre and offbeat news stories from the Great White North. Tim Hortons to viral videos to dumb Canadian criminals. Keep Canada Weird covers it all. Tune in to Keep Canada Weird. You'll be surprised at what you find. The items that were stolen literally were nothing but butter tarts. Subscribe to Keep Canada Weird right now, wherever you get podcasts. As if on cue, Wallaby called me back. A bunch of old camp friends were gathered at his cottage a short drive from camp. What fate? At five o'clock, I hopped in Lily and drove over to meet them. 
I turned onto a pine-lined gravel road and cruised up to the cottage. I parked on the grass and followed the sound of laughter and country music. I found all my old camp friends around back. There were sea dancing on the lake and people hanging around a fire. Wallaby and our buddy Ocho were manning the barbecue. I walked over and they handed me a double cheeseburger. Wallaby was excited to hear about my first few days as a director. We settled into some red Muskoka chairs and I brought him up to speed, starting with the bell and ending with the soiling of my vans. He didn't believe me. That's no. Hilarious. I'm not kidding. Are you ready for this pick? Are you ready for this pick? Oh, I'm so excited. So here we go. Lovely. So we look at this. Oh. Like, uh, <laughs> look at that. That's, oh. yeah, that's now that Wallaby was in the loop, I wanted to ask him about an incident that I vaguely recalled from years back when one of our friends took a crap on Flag Rock, another sacred boys camp relic. And so I was going to ask you if you knew any of the backstory around Sancho Panza's epic. I encouraged him to do it. You did? I was with him while he did it. No, you I weren't. I kept guard. You did? Yeah, I was lying on the, what's it called, the bunker? Or, the berm. The berm, yeah. The berm. I was lying on the berm while he did it, and I just looked over, he's like leg shaking, like just giving it. It's because we were all in the cabin, and it was our last night, and we, our counselor wanted to do a prank, and we got caught on two that night and nothing panned out so it was like two in the morning he's like okay we got to do something i'll take a crap on flying rock <laughs> out of nowhere counselor's like yes but that's really helpful because that was just an idea that just was born out of just necessity but it was his idea no one else's it was his idea then he kind of chickened out and then like an hour later he was like okay so we're not doing it it's kind of quiet for like 15 minutes all right i gotta go we're doing it like he had to go yeah Hit him. <laughs> and you were there. I was there. This prank earned him the name Poopin' Panza. Was it pretty awesome <laughs> being there? I wouldn't say. Was the counselor there? Oh, yeah. Shelby? Yeah, he encouraged it. was Shelby. Oh, yeah. Oh. Of course he encouraged it. And who did, like, who did he talk about it with? No one? No, it was just like an idea of his own. We're thinking of things to like mess around with. We were like gonna go like trash things and I'll take golf clubs and break the rainbow shit at girls camp and wow. stuff. What? No, I got aggressive. aggressive. Man, honestly, was, were you there? No. But look who was counseling. Oh, show oh, yeah. It's his idea. He's like, let's grab golf clubs and go take out the activity center. And we're like, and we were on our way. We all had golf clubs. I know you were not. Yeah. Are you like, and as these kids are like, that sounds amazing. Yeah, let's do it. The counselor could easily shut it down. We're like, well, I can't believe he's letting us do it. We're on our way. We started actually hitting against it. Just as they started to bash the girls' camp activity center, the director of camp rolled up in his truck. He just rolled up. He did. Oh, yeah. He was like, what are you doing? He caught you mid-prank. <laughs> oh, yeah. And he was like, what are you guys doing? We're like, returning golf clubs to the activity center, sir. <laughs> Shelby said that. He's like, put them away, carry on, go to bed. <laughs> what, that was it. What time was it? Really? Oh, dude, it was late. It was like <laughs> midnight. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Easy getaway, though. Dude, you got off so easy. Oh, yeah. really easy. So, but that was when you were like, oh, man, we got caught, and now we need to do another prank. And then we did something else, too. You don't do anything terrible. We tried to, like, freeze, like, cutlery and, like, do, like, the classics, but nothing worked. So that's when we were, like, kind of bummed out at the cabin. So, like, yeah, I'll just, like, menace the rock if I have to go. He's like, well, I don't have to go. So then, like, an hour later, he's like, I'm in. I'm ready. Let's do this. Or some of the other classics. What a story. No intense motive, simply a desire to cause mischief. 
the logic of a 16-year-old's mind was on full display. When I came to pranks, I had zero creativity. So little creativity, in fact, that Wallaby said he would sometimes grab a baseball bat and ask his cabin mates what he should go smash. Remember that sports box besides yeah. the boys camp thing? Yeah, I obliterated that one night. <laughs> <laughs> Just by myself. No. Yeah, it's like, I don't care. I was like, drew you up? No, I'm like, all right. Well, well, well. Anyone else I tell might rat on me. <laughs> so, <laughs> and Zach wasn't at camp for like three years after that. So, <laughs> now there was Tim. No, no one to join in on the fun. <laughs> As Wallaby regaled me with his stories, a crowd gathered. I showed everyone the photos of the poos. I showed you this yet? No. <laughs> oh, what's this over here? <laughs> Ready for it? Look how huge that was. That's is. a good log. That's massive. Oh, <laughs> that guy got a little Wait more straight away. Good. What? Yeah. <laughs> That's no joke. That's human. That is no joke. And then there's a second culprit. What? Yeah. Like that's like, like that. Oh, that's messed up. Was this the yeah. first one? Wait, why are you showing me that? I don't want to see that. You do. Oh. Look at the size of that log. <laughs> and get this. Far corner, second one. Oh my god. There's another one. Two people. <laughs> no. no. Is it like a big deal when people are talking about it? No, too. Where? Where is that? That's on the boys' camp bell, the most honorable bell at all of camp. Oh, no. I showed you this. Yeah, I saw it. It's, it's kind of awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. Here, Turd one. Ew, I love the trip. Ew. Oh. <laughs> You can like scrape the end of it off. It was just like on something that just I like. Too. What? Kids these days. Kids these days. I mean, what are they doing? Some stuff, but I wouldn't. <gasps> this turd. Look at that turd. Shut up. Are you kidding me? That's so upsetting. And then that. That's disgusting. <laughs> oh my goodness. Are you okay? The evening's conversation turned to who could have taken the dumps. Theories and speculation abounded. And ultimately, the group only agreed on one thing. There was no way this was a girl. More poo stories bubbled to the surface. McRib confessed his high school exploits. Uh, I don't know if I ever pooped on it. We put, we, what we did in high school was just awful. We pooped in bags and hid it in the staff room. Like, like in the rafters, sort of? No, no, no. Well, like, it was... Man, teenage guys do weird stuff with their poo. Right as Wallaby was launching into a tale of the time his friend took a crap on the school bus during a sixth grade field trip, his mom emerged from the cottage. She had a tray piled high with graham crackers, chocolate, and marshmallows. S'mores! We abruptly stopped the crass conversation and thanked her for dropping off the treats. As we were roasting marshmallows, Wallaby and Ocho told the group to get ready for the big show. I looked at the time. Shoot! In my rush to leave the director's meeting, I forgot to pick up my camp keys. If I didn't roll out now, the front gate was going to be locked. I scarfed down the last of my s'more and said some hurried goodbyes. Wallaby and Ocho were disappointed and asked if I could stay just another hour so I didn't miss the extravaganza. I asked what this big show was all about. They led me over to a shed and slid open the door. It was jam-packed with fireworks. With big smiles on their faces, they told me I was going to miss a good one. Too bad. I really had to go. As I gripped the wheel of the RV and sped back to camp, I felt a knot in my stomach. Three poops could not be a coincidence. 
especially after hearing the other stories from tonight, I felt serious trepidation about what might happen next. I had a gut feeling that if I didn't nip this in the butt, they were not going to stop. So far, this person had operated like a ghost, moving and pooping under the cover of darkness. They were like a phantom. A phantom pooper. Scuba had just finished locking up the gate as I wheeled into camp. While he graciously reopened the gate for us, I took in the iconic banner that greets everyone who comes to camp. Welcome to the best place on earth. I vividly remember this sign the first time I came to camp as a scrawny, nervous boy. This place was special to me. No punk was going to sully the summer on my watch. The knot in my stomach transformed into a fiery conviction. There was a new sheriff in town. I was going to catch the phantom pooper. Summer Camp, The Case of the Phantom Pooper is brought to you by the Sonar Podcast Network. For ad-free episodes and exclusive access to our after show, Summer Camp After Curfew, subscribe to Sonar Plus on the Sonar Podcast Network channel in Apple Podcasts or simply visit plus.thesonarnetwork.com. The show was written and produced by me, Jeremy Mookie Enns. Additional writing, story editing, and graphic design by Jordan Hawks Stuthers. Audio editing, mixing, and mastering by Josh from soundflip.co. Music composed by Matt McGinley. Find Matt at mattmcginleymusic.com. You have thoughts about the case? Follow us on Instagram at summercamp.pod and send us a DM or leave a comment. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with your camp BFFs. Thanks for listening. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. The influence of Freemasonry is undeniable. But who are these mysterious apron-wearing craftsmen, and what are they up to? For centuries, hater-ass conspiracy theorists have attempted to answer these questions. Two Flat Earthers Kidnap a Freemason, starring Zane Schacht as Randy Dunning, Lauren Grace Thompson as Gail Kruger, and Matthew Woodcock as Walter Clay. I just want to go on the record right now and say that I, Randy Dunning, am 100% anti-gravity. Like, subscribe, and share your way to the truth when two flat earthers kidnap a Freemason.